This morning, uh, the word that God gave me, um, this is actually a verse that came to me in prayer, and it's not really a profound verse or one of those hidden gems in Scripture. It's one that a lot of kids have learned in memory verse or whatever else um, up until this point, but it's one that God has been speaking to me quite a bit this week, and it's one that I've really been just pondering on or, or meditating on, and he just brought some revelation that I hope um, speaks to our hearts in this place this morning, believing that it's for us, believing that that's why he placed it inside of me. But it's in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, and this chapter is a, I would say, unique chapter. Uh, it's a diverse chapter, <laughs> to say the least. It begins, Matthew chapter 11, Jesus has come to Galilee, and John, John the Baptist, is in prison, and John has sent some of his messengers to Jesus to basically ask him the question, okay, who are you? Like, are you like just another good messenger or are you the Messiah? Is really the crux of what John's disciples were speaking to Jesus. And so they go and they ask him this question. And then Jesus, in Scripture, Matthew chapter 11, if you want to read it, he begins to reveal, he unpacks the reality that he is the Messiah. It's a public declaration. He's talking to these people. He's affirming that he is the Messiah. And so we start with John in prison and his messengers come to Jesus. And then if you continue, uh, it, it seems to go off. And, and Jesus begins to speak some of the harshest, we're not there yet, Irene, but some of the, the harshest words he speaks in Scripture. Some of the strongest rebukes that we see in Scripture from Jesus are in Matthew chapter 11. He's talked about, I am the Messiah, I'm the one you've been waiting for, and I've been ministering in some towns And in those towns, those people haven't recognized who I am. And he basically says, woe to them, is what what, what the scripture says. Uh, It's better to be Sodom than to be these towns, is really where Jesus is at. I mean, if Jesus is saying, if anyone says to you, it's better to be a place that was destroyed by balls of fire than to be where you are, that's not a good thing. That's a pretty strong rebuke coming from Jesus. And so Jesus is declaring he, he's Messiah, and he's rebuking the crowd. And then we get to verses that seem to change, or they seem to, to divert from, from where we were. These verses, when we read them, they'll be familiar. You might have seen them already, and you'll know them. But, but I just want to pray before we read these words, because I believe that God has a word for us in his word this day. I believe that for each one of us, the Spirit of God wants to speak to us, through his word today, and I'm just going to ask that we can align ourselves with him. Father, we thank you for this word this day. God, we thank you that we are in the audience of hearing your words. And I ask God that just as they were heard in these moments, that we hear from you. I pray, God, that our hearts and our minds and our lives would be in line with you, that we can hear from the word of God, the word that made flesh and made his dwelling among us. We We submit ourselves, our thoughts, our ideas, our distractions to you. And we ask God that we could hear from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, mine's not working, Irene. Still not working. Oh, it's going crazy on yours? Okay. We'll get that fixed. 
Uh, as I'm reading this, it says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm still not controlling it up here. Um, okay, that's fine. Go ahead and do that. These words, I, I think most of us probably could recite them as I read them. They're probably words in Scripture that many of us, we identify with. We've heard them. We can recite them. But I'm telling you, God was speaking something fresh to my heart through his words. He's speaking something that uh, I needed to hear. There we go. Good deal. I feel like I'm in control again. I like that. I needed to hear from me. And I believe that we need to hear from us. And so I want to look at these words. I talked about the context of, of Matthew chapter 11, but, but we really need to look at who he's speaking to, what he's saying, and what he says to do. I mean, that's pretty simple when it comes to Scripture. This is pretty basic. But let's look at who the audience is. Who's his audience that, that Jesus is speaking to? Now, he's come to Galilee, and he's speaking to people. How can we efficiently describe these people? You who are wearied... And burden. That's exactly who Jesus Christ is speaking to. In these moments, he's speaking to a people. He's looked at them and he's seen people who are weary and burdened. Today I'm going to read a lot of definitions or, or several definitions and they all come from the same place. And so I'll annotate it now. The helps word study is where these definitions come from. But, but the reality of who Jesus is speaking to. His audience are people who are weary and burdened. People who were weighed down. Weary means to labor until worn out. To be depleted or exhausted. In the book of John, I think it's in chapter 4, Jesus, the same word that's used here, is used to describe him after a journey. It said he went on a long journey and he was tired or he was exhausted. So Jesus, the audience whom Jesus is speaking to, is all, he says, all, not just, I don't have all in red, but notice it's all who are weary, physically tired. So everybody who is physically tired or exhausted is who Jesus is speaking to. And then he says, you who are burdened. All who are weary and burdened. So to, to burden means to overload, to pack up, causing someone to be literally weighted down. Now these people in this, this, this moment in time, in this moment where Jesus is speaking, they're weighted down. Why are they weary and tired? Why are they burdened? They're weighted down, we assume, from the law. They've been following the Pharisees, and the Pharisees' law has been causing them to be physically tired, worn out, and weighed down. They're burdened by the, 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 the plans and purposes set by men in their life. So, ultimately, Jesus' audience, the people he's rebuked and, and who have heard this rebuke, he's saying, I can see people who are tired and burdened, and you're tired and burdened, simply he identifies the issue from the law. Now, I think that at times, church, we, we allow or people do become weighted and burdened by works, by doing what we think we have to do for God. I think this is what Jesus is addressing. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We're God's handiwork created in, God, in Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
In John 6, it says, they asked him, what must we do to do the works which God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God in this is to believe in the one he sent. Now, I think that Jesus in this moment is speaking to people who, who are wearied and burdened because of the law, because of religion. But honestly, as, as Jesus looks out on the crowds today, I believe as Jesus looks out in this sanctuary today, he sees an audience. The word is living and active, right? It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe God speaks. It's, it's a word that is continuing to speak to us today. It's not just for that intended audience. And I believe that we can identify, there are probably many who can identify with the audience in which Jesus was speaking. People who are literally weary, that's physically tired, you're exhausted. We've been running a a pretty hard pace or a a different pace for the last year, wondering when it's going to end and if it's going to end. And and in some ways we become weary, physically tired, because of what we've been trying to do. Sometimes life, just, just keeping up in life, it wears us down. It brings burdens. We're trying to get things accomplished. We've got aspirations and goals. We've got projects and to-do lists. And we literally become physically exhausted. And others of us, were burdened. There's a burden that, that is upon us that, that weighs us down. There's a heaviness that we acknowledge as, as where we talked about being in a marathon or a race in life in Sunday school today. There's a, there's a heaviness or a burden that we've been living in. It may be a burden to, to do something. It may be a burden because of, of not measuring up. It may be a burden because of, of social expectations or political disappointments or just the news or whatever else. We have burdens. Maybe it's sin that entangles us. But we have burdens that we've been walking with. I want to tell you, if you can identify with the audience, Jesus has a word for you today. Because he says this is for all who are weary and burdened. And I believe that all who are weary and burdened need to hear what Jesus has to say. Just as important as it was for those, those men and women who were with Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, it's important for men and women who are with Jesus in 2021 in this place to hear what Jesus Christ has to say. So the audience of this message was who? Those who are weary and burdened. And once we see the audience, we see the promise. We've identified ourselves. All who are weary and burdened. What's the promise that Jesus Christ says? I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. You're physically tired. You're exhausted. You're burdened. You're overloaded. The promises that Jesus says, I will give you rest. I thought of this verse, Psalm chapter 23. We sing this to my kids every night before they go to the bed. I'm not singing it this morning. Don't worry. And it'll sound different because mine's a different translation that we used to sing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. I want to tell you this morning, Jesus Christ is speaking to those who are weary and burdened. His promise for you today 
is that he will give you rest. That word rest also means he will refresh you. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside quiet waters. He leads me in green pastures. Actually, this says he makes me lie down in green pastures. And I'm telling you what. When I read this verse this week, I started thinking about being a parent of a young toddler. How many times have you seen toddlers that are weighted and burdened, they're wearied and tired, but they don't want to sleep? And so what does that do? I lead, I make him lie down in green pastures. Why do I make my child take a nap? The active part of God in this saying, God makes me lie down in green pastures. God knows how much rest. God knows how much refreshing you need. Maybe, just maybe, God is going to lead you to a place and make you lie down for a moment. I didn't make my kids lie down because I was mean. I made them lie down because I loved them. And I saw that their life <laughs> was wearing them down. And what they needed was to rest. The promise of God to everyone who is weary and tired is that he desires rest and refreshing for your soul. He desires to lead you to a place Green pastures, quiet waters. I mean, this sounds like just a great place of serenity. A great place just to relax, to, to refresh, to, to renew. That's God's will for you. He says, I see that you're weary and tired. I see the burden. He's speaking to these people who he sees are overwhelmed by man's expectations for what they're supposed to do. And he says, I want you to rest. see the state of of your life. I can see the weariness in your eyes. I can see the load that you're carrying and the effect of that load on your life. And he says, I want, I want to give you rest. I want to refresh your soul. So then he gives a process. I can see my audience, Jesus is saying, and I can see people who are weary and tired, who are burdened and overwhelmed. And I know the answer is to have rest. And so then he gives us the process. And these verses start with, with come to These are words that Jesus seems to like to say. It must have been a pattern that we see in Scripture because time and time again, we see Jesus repeating these words, come to me. When he was getting his disciples and and gathering them, he said, what? Come and follow me. He's talking to the rich young ruler in Scripture and he's talking about life and he asks him what he must do to inherit inherit the kingdom of God. And and Jesus says, come, come follow me. The word that, that Jesus often speaks is this idea of coming. 
Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. This is almost at the end of the book. These are some of the last words we see. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty say, come. And let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. You can't find rest unless you come. How do you get a drink unless you go to the fountain? This this is simple stuff, Pastor. Oh man, it's profound stuff. Jesus says, I've recognized, I recognized in you the issue you're facing. You're weary and burdened. And I've got an answer for you. That answer is rest. But you won't find that answer unless you Come to me. You see, the problem that we face is oftentimes in this life, oftentimes in myself, oftentimes in this world, we come to a lot of different places for rest and refreshing. We think we're going to find refreshing in this, and we think we're going to find rest in that. We think that we're going to be able to get it if we just pause and reflect. We think we're going to be able to get it if we just finish this project. But Jesus is literally saying to those in that moment, Come to me. Now talk about a a, a big ask. I'm looking at people who are weary and burdened. I see someone coming through that door who's got a load on her back. And I say, come to me. Come, come to me. And then do what? I'll go back. Take my yoke. Now, if I'm talking to Jesus, and I'm Jesus' coach or his mentor or whatever you want to say, I'm going to say, Jesus, ministry, you don't do it this way. People said they're tired and burdened. You're looking at people, you just say they're overwhelmed and they're physically exhausted. And you're going to go ahead and say, here's a tool of work. Take my yoke. Come on. I mean, people are going to run from that message. Like, seriously, you're tired and exhausted. You get up, you come, and you take my yoke. What? Well, 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 I mean, a yoke. Remember, we, we can see the picture behind me. We know, probably in the context of today, what a yoke truly is. I mean, the yoke in, in this audience, the yoke, the yoke when Jesus was speaking to these people would have been understood in one of two ways. The first one is this. It's this instrument uh, of work. It's this burden which ties us together. The definition, let me find it again. A yoke is a wooden bar placed over the neck of a pair of animals so they can pull together. It's what unites and joins two people to work and move together as one. So they probably could have understood the yoke as a means of work. It's a, it's a beast of burden. It's a, it's a burden that is added to them. Also, in this context, a yoke could have been understood as the teachings of a rabbi. So a rabbi's yoke, what, what a rabbi 
understood. So each rabbi took the word of God and they began to process it and understand it. And the way in which they understood the, stood the word of God and the way in which they applied the word of God to their life, which could only be learned if you came and followed. It could only be learned if you did life with the rabbi, and you walked with the rabbi, and you talked with the rabbi, you got to see the way in which the the word was, was interpreted and understood through them. That was their yoke. Their yoke was the fullness of their teaching. So Jesus is, is looking at these people who are weary and tired from the yoke of the Pharisees, right? I mean, he's saying to these people, you're worn out, you're burdened in, in religion, you're burdened in these things because of, of this yoke. That's been placed upon you. So come to me. Come follow me. And then take my yoke. In order to take his yoke, they had to take the other yoke off. Does that make sense? So in order for them to take the yoke of Christ and follow Christ's teachings, if that was the yoke that was upon their life, they had to take off the yoke of of the Pharisee or the yoke of the rabbi in which they were following. And so Jesus is speaking to them, come, come to me, position yourself before me, take off. So, so we don't see it in scripture, but it's implied that you have to take off that which is burdening you and put on this. It's putting on something new. I listened to a sermon by Timothy Keller this week on, on these verses, and, and he was saying that, that these verses for him are like the fullness of the gospel. The fullness of the message of Christianity can be found in these verses. The reality is, many of us, we're weary and we're burdened. We're weary and we're burdened. We're tired and physically exhausted because of our aspirations or the things that are before us. We're burdened by sin and the effect of sin in our life the effect of sin in our world, but Jesus is saying, come to me and take my yoke upon you. Now this is Pastor Steve. I called three different pastors this week to make sure that I wasn't too far outside of line when I make my next step. Because what God began to speak to my heart, I said the yoke in this context to the initial audience, would have been understood as either this beam of wood or the fullness of the rabbi's teaching. To me today, when I read these words, when I pay attention to what God is saying, when he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, the picture that God placed in my life, what is it that unites me and Christ in the purpose He set before me? What is it, the beam of wood that potentially connects me to Him in the midst of what I'm supposed to do? Could we today, maybe not initially understood, but could we today have the understanding that the yoke of Christ is truly the cross in which He died? The cross of Christ is the burden in which we bear. I'm going to read a verse. And then I'm going to come back to another point. 
For through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. This is Paul in Galatians. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I believe, church, many times we're wearied and burdened because we're running with a yoke other than the cross. I believe that we are physically exhausted and tired. I believe that we are overwhelmed and weighed down because our yoke is something other than the fullness of life, the promise of life that comes through the cross of Jesus Christ. There's something I've read about the mystery of the cross, and I've been so compelled by the mystery of the cross. I've been so drawn by the mystery of the cross. Two weeks ago, we talked about tradition, but it must begin with the cross. This week, as I spent time in the Word of God, I felt like I had a look at the yoke through the lens of the cross of Jesus Christ. Because there's purpose. There's purpose for your life. There's a godly purpose for your life, which is Effort and his work. I talked to my brother-in-law and he said, Pastor, or he said, Steve, he didn't say pastor. I was his pastor at one point, but he didn't call me that anymore. I married his sister. He won't call me that ever again. He said, Steve, he said, but the weight of the cross is, is such a heavy load. I said, I get it. But when we're laboring with him, when we're walking in step with him, see, he shouldered the load. He bore the, the effect of sin on the cross. The burden of the cross was what? For, for, the, for the, the salvation of man so that none would perish but all would have everlasting life. He buried, he carried that burden. Our burden is just to take that to others. I'm crucified with Christ. I no longer live but Christ. He lives in me. My picture of burden. My picture of yoke. This week we were, we were here and we were working in we brought the ladder out. And when we picked up the ladder, we were here and it was Elliot was with us. Okay? And Tam and I were carrying the, the big ladder. It's like a 14-foot ladder or whatever, fold-up ladder. And Elliot ran up by, by Tam and he grabbed the side of that ladder. Now, what was he carrying? I bet his burden was pretty light. But you see, he was part of the purpose. He was part of the process. He was part of what we were accomplishing. Now, now let's just stop for a second. Because many times we, we set out to accomplish the purpose, but we're not yoked with Christ in accomplishing that purpose. And so what happens if we're going to be up here at work and, and Elliot decides that him and Barrett are going to go get the ladder and bring it to mom and dad? Good intentions can lead to bigger problems. Because we're not yoked with Him. What happens if when we're carrying the ladder or, or sometimes when we're doing meals and get ready for meals, the, the kids will come alongside. They're getting bigger now. They can do it. But they would come alongside and help me carry a table. What happens when they try to get ahead of Dad? Or when they try to go too slow? All kinds of problems come. I'm going to go back to this. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. Jesus says, I'm the true vine, 
And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. I remain in him. How am I able to have fellowship with him? It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Sin separated me from him, but his cross brought me back into relationship with him. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you do what? Unless you're yoked with me. The job can't get done unless you remain in me. I'm the vine and you're the branches. If you remain in me and I on you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When I begin to think about the yoke being the cross of Jesus Christ, it transforms the way I live. When I think about working with Him, not ahead of Him or behind Him, not apart from Him, but in, in unison with Him, there is a burden that is lifted from my life. It's not about what I accomplish. It's not about the tasks that are set before me. It's about am I walking and step with him? Am I aligning myself with his will? Am I, am I going at the pace? Am I following the direction that Jesus Christ has for me? And then guess what? And I'm not saying being irresponsible people. So this isn't meant to be an excuse right now, but, but whatever gets done, if I'm walking with him, that's all that matters. Candid Pastor Steve. I'm sure many have heard this testimony. Oh, probably six, seven years ago, I was in this sanctuary right in that front row during worship. And I didn't feel like the work was being accomplished the way I thought it was supposed to be accomplished. I'm young. I'm committed. I'm educated. We're doing the right things. We're working the right ways. We're reaching out. We're preaching good word. We're, we're, we're worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. And I'm telling you, things just weren't changing fast enough for me. And I saw where I... Where God wanted us to be. I saw. I knew what, what God had for us. And I said, well, this should have been done by now. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and He said, who's this about? You or me? Suddenly it didn't matter if someone questioned what was happening in our church. Suddenly it didn't matter if, if others might have looked at us as, oh, they're not growing enough or they're not doing the right things. It didn't matter. The burden that had been placed upon me was lifted because of the cross of Jesus Christ, because I'm walking with him. 
So the only approval I need is the one who I'm yoked with. I don't need anyone else's approval. You guys can come forward. The yoke of Jesus Christ. It's a Christian living. I want to read these words that Jesus spoke again. But I want to read them to this room today. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will The promise is you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This morning, I want to speak to you if you're in the audience. If you're in the audience in whom Jesus is addressing, you've identified with those who feel weary and you've identified with those who feel burdened. The instruction that God has for you this day is to come to Him. I don't know what loads you may be carrying. Some loads I know. Some loads I don't know. I don't know how fast you have been running or how tired you physically are. But what I do know is Jesus is speaking to you this morning. You can come to me. said once you come you've got to take that yoke those things you've been hitched to that aren't his will the good things the bad things the sins the goals the positions the problems you take that yoke off and you put my yoke You take off that that yoke which has been weighing you down, that burden which you have been carrying for for too long, that one that you said I don't I don't know if I can I can finish because I'm just so tired, I'm so exhausted. This load has been so much for me. Jesus is saying, "Come, take my yoke, take the cross." That says it is finished. It is accomplished. The will of God, the plans of God, they're finished and accomplished in your life. I believe that Jesus spoke, come and take my yoke. Because it speaks to my heart and my actions. That the choices that I have to make to align myself with Him.
morning, I'm going to open the altars. I'm going to encourage you where you are. I know the altar isn't necessarily the only place where the presence of God is, but sometimes it's that physical effort. It's that that position that shows that I'm coming to him. For others, it may be where you're at this morning. But I encourage you, if you are in the audience, if you are the one whom Jesus is speaking to this morning, that you would come to him, that you would not leave this place with that burden anymore, that you would not walk out of here with the yoke that you came in with, but you would allow yourself to be crucified with Christ so it's no longer you who lives but him who lives who lives in you you'd place yourself through the yoke of the cross and those temporary things are lost in His eternal promises. The guilt, the anxiety, the restlessness, the weariness, It speaks that you are able, if you remain in me, to do all things. Because that's the power of the yoke of Jesus Christ. That's what's accomplished through his cross. It's accomplished not just today, but every day. When I set out to do the work of Jesus, I don't want to just put on a yoke that means work or label, but I want labor, but I want to put on a yoke that means God's promise and redemption. That's what I'm working for. In myself, in my church, in my family, in my community. Father, I pray in this place. God, I, I pray, Holy Spirit, I believe that, that, that in points of this sermon, you've spoken to hearts. I believe there's a word for each of us in what's been shared this day. And Holy Spirit, I pray that in this moment, you illuminate. This moment, you highlight what you've been speaking to our hearts. God, I pray that for those who need to respond, they're in that audience of being weary and burdened, that they would be willing to come. Come to you, Lord. You said it time and time again. Come to me. Leave that situation where you are and come to me. Leave the the, the garbage, the burdens, the positions and come to me. I've got some some green pastures. I've got some some still waters for you to lie in this day. There may be some in this room the Holy Spirit is working on and He's making you take a nap. And we take up the cross. no longer I who live 
but Christ who lives in me. I'm no longer defined by anything but He who I'm yoked to. The one who is, who was, and always will be. Help us to respond. In Jesus' name. I'm going to open the altars and I'm going to encourage you this morning if if you need to come, to come. Come find a place by yourself. Come find a place with, with someone who can help you. Come find a place with pastor if you need. But if you are weary and burdened this day, God has rest and refreshing. Come and take his yoke.